Welcome once again to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am your co-host, Mike One. Co-host also, Mike, is here and is one of our, historically one of our most prepared episodes of the year. And we just <laughs> talked in the pre-show. That is not the case this year. And it's more out of obstinance and anger than anything else. But it is our Oscars nominations prediction show, Michael. Well, I've been really awesome this year at obstinance. And you've been awesome this year at anger. So we're bringing... Yeah. No, I think... Uh, Our powers I, combined. I think we usually have have a mental breakdown at the end of our episodes. Like, that's that's par for the course. Like, every single one of these yeah. shows, yeah. we, like, fall apart in the outro. And yet, today, we are that insecure in the intro <laughs> and who knows what's going like these these episodes of therapy half the time because we we all realize that two guys named mike on the show mike mike and oscar we have lost our powers like we've been very good we've beaten the best in the biz as i like to call it <laughs> in the past just, this is all this is just a stream of consciousness from also mike i am not co-signing this go ahead no 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 we have beaten the best and when i you're, say the you're best, upset that you're upset that you can't predict right now I suck right now. Right, that, that, right. That, it's something. It's like remember the end of these <laughs> these movies where the kid gets powers and then at the end of the uh-huh. movie they have no powers. I don't want to quote keep quoting the same movie, but Rookie of the Year springs to right. mind. Remember that one, right. the baseball one yep. with the guy from American Pie when he was a mm-hmm. kid. And remember, yep. uh, remember the guy from Home Alone whose name was Brigma. <laughs> <laughs> Hot ice. <laughs> Remember yep. him? You, yep. rem- you remembered the, the Daniel audience. Stern, I remember. I remember. They, they're yeah. all clicking off right now, but that's okay. This is this episode <laughs> is for the OGs, the MMOers right. that have been here with us from the beginning because they need to watch the train wreck. They need to yeah. watch the fall. We had a triumphant rise, and now we are falling. <laughs> Uh, again, Woefully. I take no part in that co-signing because I'm pretty much the exact same as I've always been with these predictions. <laughs> so I'm having a, a crisis of consciousness here because 100%. you're not like anywhere near 90, 100 percent like you usually are. No, I'm terrible. So well, yeah. this I, I, have, I have no confidence. So do not bet on me. Do not use these predictions of mine. Uh, I don't think. And um, yeah. Unless I'd no. say like I'm I'm plagiarizing someone, which is going to happen a fair amount in here, too. So. And that's the Mike, Mike, and Oscar guarantee. If you bet on us, also Mike will refund your money out of his own pocket. So here we go. Let's. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, predictions for the Oscar noms for every category, mm-hmm. every nomination. We will work in what happened on the uh, the BAFTA nomination announcements along the way as well. We will start with the biggest categories and work our way down the card from there. So that means that we are starting, Michael, with Best Picture. BAFTA's Best Film. Again, the whole BAFTA Academy voting on this. Anatomy of a Fall, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things were your five nominees. Big omission in Barbie. Barbie had 15 BAFTA long list spots, only five BAFTA nominations. Whereas on, on, on the contrary, Oppenheimer went 13 of 15. Poor Things went 11 of 14 for BAFTA noms. Killers of the Flower Moon, 9 of 15. 
Look, I think this was a, a rough day for Barbie. We're going to keep talking sure. about it. Uh, but in terms of our Oscar noms, I think we have a lot to say about that PGA 10, Michael. Yeah, and that's uh, where I'm starting. I'm, I, I respect the BAFTA noms, especially for Best Picture, but I wholly expected, I thought it was either going to be uh, Killers of the Flower Moon or Oppenheimer. I expected one of those films to be like, too American, I guess is the saying, and to not do well on the BAFTA stage. It turned out to be Barbie that doesn't do well. I'm not going to hold that too much against Barbie. I still think Barbie's going to do incredibly well come Oscars nomination time. Uh, I think you expect the same as much, but that PGA 10, look, the, the PGA 10 hasn't housed all the eventual Oscar Best Picture noms since the 2018 and 19 years when they did so in back-to-back years. And that was 10 PGA nominations filling into what would be eight and nine Oscar Best Picture slots, respectively, or nomination slots for the Best Picture category in there. Anyway, and since the Oscar Best Picture field has gone to a, a possible 10, the only other year the PGA 10 included the eventual Oscars Best Picture field in whole that I could find was 2016. So that's why we've said historically on this show, usually you get to the PGA 10 and something's going to end up missing the Oscars field from that PGA 10. Mm-hmm. In 2021, obviously, the Oscars Best Picture field went to a static 10 noms. And in that year and last year, the PGA had two films in it, which the Oscars Best Picture film would eventually, the Oscars Best Picture field would eventually replace. I just don't know what the film is that would replace anything from the PGA 10 this year. I don't know what your 11th film is. I kind of alluded to this on our last episode. So I am actually going to pick the PGA 10 as well. Apologies Mm. to the color purple that missed it PGA, but it has a SAG ensemble nom and Oprah behind it. So that gives it hope. Society of the Snow hasn't really showed up anywhere, but it was a late season release and has been well received. It's all the most popular streaming network as well. It's in the hands of a former Oscar winner. Saltburn had a nice showing at the Globes and Critics' Choice. I don't know how you can pick that to replace any of the P- the PGA 10 noms, other than having some kind of insight and knowing something. I- I'm going with the PGA 10 here, and I look forward to being wrong about it. So we're uh, picking these same 10 films together. Uh, we're on a highway to hell. We're mm-hmm. going along with these Hollywood producers. And, yeah, I agree with you. If BAFTA went with Saltburn or All of Us Strangers, which yeah. did reasonably well on the day, right? I mean, All of Us Strangers, six BAFTA noms out of ten long lists. Saltburn, five BAFTA noms. I think it had nine or ten long lists. I forgot to write that down. However, it did not get Best Film, which is the the go-to category there, at least for Best Picture, that – that the BAFTA is putting forward. The BAFTA did put forward the zone of interest. So that's the thing. Like these back five nominees, quote unquote, back five nominees in the PGA 10. If if you're going with a front five of Barbie Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Poor Things, and I think the holdovers has been strengthening everywhere, literally everywhere. That's your top five. So American Fiction only did one BAFTA nom out of four long list spots. It was never going to have a great day at BAFTA. I'll talk mm-hmm. about American Fiction down the card, but I think American Fiction has done reasonably well with Hollywood guilds, and it's not a production values movie, but American Fiction has gotten sec decorators, costume, score, and of course those three SAG nominations, including Best Ensemble. So American Fiction, along with that PGA nom, along with the DGA First Film category nom, again, it's shown up everywhere. I think it's okay. I think it's in there. You add on to that fact, American Fiction played like gangbusters, a super film festival favorite at all the fall spots. 
I think that matters. I think Hollywood still goes to film festivals. American Fiction had a major presence there, as did Maestro. Maestro had a huge season, a lot of marquee spots at the film festivals from New York and Venice, all the way through Palm Springs and all these late-breaking film festivals after the strikes, Michael. And then Maestro's been tremendous at the Hollywood Guilds, ASC, ADG, CAS, CDG, MUAZ, SDSC, including seven BAFTA noms for Maestro. I think Maestro is safe, even though Maestro is probably a little weaker than maybe some people expect. So if you look at BAFTA, the zone of interest in Anatomy of a Fall had great days. So I don't know how Mm -hmm. you pick against Anatomy of a Fall and the Zone of Interest. I mean, Zone of Interest got nine BAFTA nominations. Anatomy of a Fall got seven. It's incredible. It's those are incredible performances. Anatomy of a Fall has, except for maybe one or two precursors, has really overachieved at pretty much every marker that we've talked about it. I agree. And and now you have the Zone of Interest seemingly late breaking, doing what it needed yep. to do. So those were the nine and ten spots. I wonder if now the 9 and 10 spots are more like Maestro and Past Lives. And i got to be honest with you, I think Past Lives is in that 10 spot. I think it's a long road. I'm also worried about it. It's a long road from Sundance, man. And as much as I love that movie, it's one of my favorite movies on the year. It's in my top 10. And as much as I love seeing Tao Yu get the BAFTA nom, you know, it does have PGA. It does have DGA, the first film for Celine Song. Three BAFTA noms, including the Tao surprise. I think that's enough alongside the indie film awards track that Past Lives has been on for a while, from the Gothams to the Spirits, you know, throughout the Critics Awards. Past Lives has got a stronger resume than anybody else banging on the door. I think in another year, Spider-Burst or Boy in the Heron, if they were in another, you know, if they were by their lonesomes, might be if more. If they were dominating the animated feature category, there'd be an easier case to say that they belong in the best picture category. I agree. I think uh, as, as films, they're a little stronger than even a Pinocchio was mm-hmm. last year, just in my opinion and my taste. Mm-hmm. But like... I would need the color purple to show up in more spots. It did. It's been missing guilds, like we talked. We about say last that episode. Anatomy of a Fall has has overachieved. The color purple is kind of like underachieved every step of the way. And then the BAFTA, in our minds anyway. And then the BAFTA noms for all of us strangers and Saltburn. We'll talk about it down the card. It is a show of strength. I wouldn't be shocked to see a Saltburn or all of us strangers show up over a Past Lives or a Maestro. But I, I, I would be surprised still. At this point, I think the resumes are stronger for the American films, uh, at least those last two there. Uh, so I kind of yeah. feel that way about American fiction, to be honest, too, because I'm just worried about if enough people have actually seen it. I think they have, based on the Sterling K. Brown SAG nom, based on the Best Ensemble nom. I think that Best Picture category is still being affected by the largest voting body in Ampus, which is the acting branch, Mike. So I'm, mm-hmm. I, again, you know, we're we're all guessing here, but I do think I do think American fiction is playing well with the American side of the Academy, I, and I, you know, I, I could I could see a movie like that not doing well at BAFTA. I just we always seen it for reasons, right? <laughs> if you had to guess, what do you think finishes eleventh? That that's probably something like Saltburn or All of Us Strangers. I yeah, I think it's Saltburn too. But which I'm is not, crazy. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, that's Saltburn makes I would have sense for earlier. 
Uh, it's it's playing like gangbusters on uh, on Amazon right now. But yeah, I mean, we we could kind of flush this out further down the card as we get into these other categories. I think we can move into director now. Uh, or wait, do you want to do you want to mention these other BAFTA categories? Yeah, yeah, run them down. All right, so let's alternate. I'll go casting first. BAFTA is awesome. They have a casting category. All of Us Strangers, Anatomy of a Fall, The Holdovers, How to Have Sex, Killers of the Flower Moon in casting. This is cool to see. Is casting an ensemble connection? I don't know. Like uh, Killers of the Flower Moon is the only one there that got a SAG ensemble nom, correct? So Uh, Yeah. Maybe we throw that into the correlation bucket and not a causal bucket, right? The cause and effect, no. A casting and ensemble categories don't really have too much connection, I think, is my takeaway there. It's where you're, you're going to place your money on. The BAFTA EE Rising Star category, Phoebe Deniver, we've talked about. Ayo Edebri, I will never pronounce her name right, but I do love her. Jacob Alordi, my mortal enemy. <laughs> Mia McKenna-Bruce and Sophie Wilde are the nominees. BAFTA Best British Film, all of Us Strangers, How to Have Sex, Napoleon, The Old Oak, Poor Things, Rye Lane, Saltburn Scrapper, Wonka, and The Zone of Interest. So, okay, kind of padding some of some stats there for All of Us Strangers, The Zone of Interest, Poor Things, a little bit, let's be honest. How to Have Sex just keeps showing up because it also shows up in the outstanding debut by a British writer, producer, director. Good. Uh, Blue Bag Life, Bobby Wine, The People's President, Earth Mama, How to Have Sex, and Is There Anybody Out There? Okay, so just keep those in mind. The British categories, I'm glad the BAFTAs have them, but uh, in terms of shows of strength, we we do have to factor that in. But best director, the BAFTA director six, Andrew Haig from All of Us Strangers, show of strength. Justine Trier of Anatomy of a Fall, big get there. Alexander Payne of The Holdovers, Bradley Cooper of Maestro, Christopher Nolan of of Oppenheimer, Jonathan Glazer of The Zone of Interest, who is not here, oh my God, Martin Scorsese of Killers of the Flower Moon, Greta Gerwig of Barbie, kind of shocking to not see them, kind of shocking not to see Yorgos Lanthimos of Poor Things. I think it's incredibly shocking to see Yorgos miss, considering the great day that Poor Things had overall at BAFTA. Yeah. But they're but weird. These, the, in these this categories branch. are different. To, uh, well, aren't the branches? So the branches are jury based at BAFTA, right? This particular branch is so phobic of issues. Let's just say, yeah. <laughs> gender issues, race issues. Well, Alexander Payne gets in though. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I mean, their their voting system. I forget what it was. It was so weird that I don't know how much to trust this BAFTA director. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, I just... But those three snubs are wild. So how much do we do we really factor in this category? I played games... Uh, you and I played a similar game, I think, with Barbie and Poor Things, missing certain categories that I think might surprise people, just not agreeing on the same ones. Because I have Yorgos missing here. I don't expect it to happen. I mean, who cares, right? On the Oscar stage, the bottom line is just make sure Christopher Nolan shows up to the show when it comes to director. But I have Nolan, Gerwig, Scorsese, Cooper, and Glazer. No Yorgos. I had Alexander Payne, and I took him out and put in Glazer as the fifth there. Mm-hmm. I don't well, think these will be the five. I just I, I can't see Yorgo actually missing, but I couldn't see him missing BAFTA either, and he did. He missed BAFTA, which was surprising. I still think Nolan, Scorsese, Yorgo, and... Greta are safe 
but maybe I'm an idiot. I don't know. They've gotten everything up through DGA. Obviously, Nolan gets through this. And the fact that Scorsese, Yorgos, and Greta all missed at BAFTA makes me think something's wonky with BAFTA. But, all right. Something's maybe, usually wonky with BAFTA, yes. That's and, a fair safe bet. I think we just have, like, these reverberations of BAFTA wonkiness in terms of their voting styles. And this is one of those categories where it shows up because the director rules are very different here, I think, still. I didn't re relitigate all those. We spent whole episodes on those in the past. But, look, Barbie having a bad day at BAFTA was predictable and it was predicted on the show it just wasn't predicted by either of us because david long yeah. david yeah. long was the one who shout predicted out to david it. So, shout out to david but make no mistake my greatest fear for this tuesday is another sausage fest it's all dudes and that would be a travesty in this particular no not year. with trier and gerwig right i would hope not i would hope they both get in honestly i've been i've been begging for a chance to pick trier all season uh, I think I think this fifth spot is going to be tricky, though. And I just think it's such a boys club that I'm guessing she's not going to break through, especially with the big names. Otherwise, I think Greta is safe. She's already broken through at DGA and in the Oscars Best Director category. That's what I was going to say. She has DGA behind her already, too. Cooper missed DGA. He gets BAFTA yep. here. Like, this is a puzzling category now. You talked about Celine Song and Cord Jefferson being fun hopefuls, and they did get DGA first feature. I think they're going to get more credit in that wide-open original screenplay category. I, I know the holdovers is, is kind of the front-runner in many pundits' eyes there, but we've only seen, like, Cord Jefferson winning lately, so who, who, who knows? But I like... I like Jonathan Glazer just in terms of how that movie feels to me, and therefore he's going to be my fifth over Alexander Payne, and I wish Justine Trier was more, in my eyes, a, a, a contender because she's me number too. two. She's number two right behind Nolan on my best director of the year list, but I think Jonathan Glazer, it just feels like that deadly serious balance of production values in a film that if one note went awry, if one note was too heavy, the zone of interest suffers greatly as a film. It doesn't work. And this guy pulls that off somehow. To me, that's a balancing act that BAFTA certainly recognized. And that crossover probably gives him the pick here. And again, I have no qualms about copying Scott Feinberg and I'm copying yeah. Scott here. Yeah. The top five on the Feinberg forecast. There, um, I haven't seen Zone of Interest yet. Just want to make that known. Uh, I do. I do look forward to seeing it, even though I'm gonna have my heart in my throat the entire time. I oh, feel yeah. like um, I was gonna go somewhere. I can't remember, so I'll go here first. Other than Nolan, who will you be most shocked to see miss? I would be very shocked to see Scorsese Yorgos miss. Now I am. Bracing for Greta Gerwig missing because Barbie had such a bad day. I but I, I am I am gonna be angriest if Greta Gerwig misses. There's no question about yeah, you it. You have to have her and Nolan there, don't you? The Barbenheim you have to have Barbenheimer. You have to. You have, what the I mean, what else does she have to do? This this was such a flex create creatively for her. I mean, all of the all of the things in Barbie. Like the yeah. the matted backdrops, the the VFX, the production design, she is orchestrating all that. She is playing the orchestra, man. And look, I just and watched. Yeah, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, and she's campaigned her ass off all year. I mean, she's been everywhere. Her face has been in front of every camera on the awards 
run up. I mean, sometimes maybe you could be a victim of your own success in that way. Do you think like, but I that, that shouldn't be. I mean, not what? for Barbie. Not for I mean, Barbie. Bar- Come on. Yeah, I mean, that's too too good of a, too feel good of a movie. I just rewatched Killers of the Flower Moon. I liked it a lot more because I think I let all of the production values just wash over me and their greatness. I love the score okay. on rewatch of Killers of the Flower Moon. I love the editing of Thelma Shoemaker of that film. I love the costumes, the production design. A lot of the scenes are good. Of course, the performances are stupendous in Killers of the Flower Moon, even though I hate some of the writing. (laughs) And I disagree with the movie, I think, the premise of the movie. That's fine. And and not not because I think, I don't think they got it right. I I read the book. I, I, whatever. It's, we we have to go into a spoiler section. I hope people would see it my way at the end of the day. And my way is just I'm copying what other people have said. Uh, I'm just I tend to see it their way, like the cast of uh, <laughs> the cast of Reservation Dogs had a very uh, they had a very pointed thing to say about Killers of the Flower Moon. I agree with them. So that's where <laughs> I'm at. Anyway, I still can. I mean, you have to respect Killers of the Flower Moon more than I originally did. And uh, I'm eating a little crow in that regard. There you go. Scorsese Coming is, around. yeah, a little bit, a little bit. It's still three and a half hours for. It's the best miniseries of 2023. Three and a half hours, <laughs> and we knew ex- anyway. I'm just going to leave it there. I don't want to spoil the movie. <laughs> you could talk yourself back down. <laughs> I did. I, I, I know. I know. Yeah. Justine Trier though could. I mean, that's a muscular directing performance which this sausage fest of a branch this old bunch of fez hat wearing white dudes could admire quite a bit because that is a very muscular directing performance and they've gone in i mean they're not afraid to go international they've proven that in years past in the director's branch also worth noting the dga5 has not been the oscars five in this category since 2009 usually it's like an 80 percent hit rate for the dga5 so one usually ends up missing uh, there is a, the reason I said at the top that we usually over prepare for this episode and haven't this year is because there's been years where like I've drawn like maps out like a, a guy chasing a, a serial killer with a, a storage locker with like mm-hmm. the ropes and the yarn linked to different pushpins in the on the wall there. Like I've done this for hours in previous years, like over preparing and trying to find out why these people are going to make it and they won't. And I'm always wrong anyway. So I'm trying to go with gut feel more so this year than anything else. I think uh, I think the important thing here, Mike, is the conversation. What do you say we move to original screen? No, I, I, truthfully, I think uh, I think that's the fun part. Come on, I mean seriously, right? I mean, th- 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 nobody knows. Nobody knows. BAFTA just took contenders two through four, and they're they chose somebody else. So what yeah. the hell? I mean, this is not an exact science. This is political science maybe if you could ever figure that out but no i don't think there's enough polls out there the critics are not a poll of the academies they're just not no there is no poll of the academy you're right i mean bafta is the closest thing we've had historically but all right original screenplay this is wild uh we do have bafta nominees of anatomy of a fall barbie which for the record barbie's going to be an adapted screenplay at the Oscars in that category. But Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Maestro, and Past Lives are your BAFTA five there. We have The Holdovers as the betting favorite right now uh, in terms of uh, what Vegas is saying. And Mike, I think 
I think Barbie is is won the most awards thus far for original screenplay with uh what is it one? Um excuse me. I wrote it down at the bottom here in a footnote. Or did I? No, I didn't. But Barbie's won a t- shit ton. Yeah. It won HCA, it won Critics Choice. The Holdovers has got the next most wins with 15 in terms of critics associations, but Barbie was leading this category for the longest time and now it's gone. Poof. Well, that's why I'm nominating five Barbies as my pick for this mm-hmm. uh, original. Now, I'll do the Holdovers, Anatomy of a Fall, Past Lives, Maestro, and I, I just put Emerald Fennell in there. And for no other reason than she's uh, familiar with this category. And sometimes the Academy has shown that if you're a name that's familiar to them, they will throw you in. I could see So it. I put Saltburn as my fifth. Anatomy of a Fall won Globes, best screenplay. The Holdovers, like I said, favorite in Vegas, a lot of critics associations. Past Lives, did Past Lives win Gotham? Anyway, Past Lives seems to be safe because it has Globe, Choice, BAFTA, but who the hell knows. Uh, Maestro seems to be safe because it has, uh, again, Choice and BAFTA. I'm not sure, though, about Maestro. Maestro could go either way, but it could be another way for the Academy to say, hey, Bradley Cooper, I recognize that name. Let me give him another nomination. He's overdue. We're not going to give him wins this year. Show of strength. That's the Best Picture nominee. So those four seem relatively solid to me. We're kind of choosing between Saltburn, May, December, Air, and I would say The Boy and the Heron for that last spot. Saltburn. And I don't have any other nominees for Air in May-December on my card. I would vote for Air a hundred times out of I 100. would, too. Yep. I, I'm rooting for it. I wish I, I wish Alex Convery would get the, the nod there. However... I wanted to put Air in the best picture, 10, but I couldn't. We're fans. We're fans. But yeah. we're bros, bro. Yep. Uh, Saltburn missed BAFTA. Like, this was a home game for Saltburn, but Saltburn missed BAFTA. But, so, but okay, sure, but, you know... Come, <laughs> you know, it plays a big role in the movie too. So it is polarizing. It's not going to play all that well with a, a, a stuffy voting body if you have one of those on the jury there. So I can, I think it's an easy explanation as to why it misses where it misses. If if Fallen Leaves gets nominated in original screenplay, burn it all down because <laughs> I'm sorry, that is just the most boring 80 minute movie I've ever seen. That script must have been five pages long. Uh, I should be shitting on a movie that's that beloved. People love that movie. I was very disappointed by Fallen Leaves. Those two dullards deserve one another. This is my review. (laughs) I just ruined. Why do I? Why do I got? I got to go so hard in the paint. We're talking about sports. I'm, I'm, I tell you to punch up, don't I? <laughs> no, I'm not. I, what am I doing? What am I doing? Did I mention Austin Butler? No. Uh, yeah. Listen, I think this is between May, December, and Air. Um, obviously, nobody cares what I think about that uh, after that display of just no class. I have no class whatsoever. Got to work in. <sighs> Bad review. Why do I? It made me that? laugh. It made me. Original laugh. screenplay, in my opinion, is going to go to May December here, just because May December's one things. It's one like a thing here or a thing there, right? I mean, I did write all this stuff down. It'd be nice if I could reference uh, what it has one, but it's it's nominated at Critics Choice, BAFTA long list, sixteen to one in Vegas, five wins on the season for May December and Sammy Birch. Clayton has May December as his fourth right now, and Maestro as his sixth, so he has Maestro missing. Yeah. 
I, I would love to see it for air. I just I don't believe it. I, I, I would love to see it, though. Same. Move on to adapted screenplay. What do the BAFTAs do? All of Us Strangers, American Fiction, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, and the Zone of Interest are your adapted five at BAFTA. Obviously, Barbie was nominated in the original side of this. Uh, and okay, here, here's where the Barbie stat is. It, only eight original wins. So, okay, the holdovers is leading the critics' score. Scratch that. You can edit this right out of the uh, other part. Make me not look I stupid. can, but I won't. I, I, thanks. I appreciate it. That's where we are. <laughs> it's like a marriage, folks. Uh, so Barbie is probably good and adapted along with... It has uh, to be, right? Along with Oppenheimer, along with yep. Killers of the Flower Moon, I would say. And Poor Things. Probably Poor Things because Poor Things has played well everywhere so far. Now, I read Poor Things. It is Scottish steampunk... <laughs> nonsense i don't understand how that i still haven't seen it i have to see it i don't understand how that movie the book is going to play so well well in, in general it's going to play well i mean it's like the saltburn thing to me the book the movie it makes some sense after you watch it i think even though it's it's sexy but the book the book is just poppycock pure poppycock nuts <laughs> what is happening i don't care i've listened to that audiobook and just like zoned out i guess i need to watch the movie of that one uh killers of the flower moon was a good listen i'm i'm a, i'm about i'm about an hour into the zone of interest and i'm wrapped so i could see the zone of interest being here at the end of the day uh but I, I guess the zone of interest could get credit in director, and that's probably where I. It also I hasn't been nominated in many places throughout the year for screenplay. But where can it? Where can it be? I mean, I guess it could have been nominated in certain spots. So I'm kind of going with your adapted five here. So what do you got? Yeah, I went Barbie, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, Flower Moon, and American Fiction. I think those are also the top five on uh, Clayton's list. I think it might be the top five on Scott's as well. But, yeah, I'm just pretty pretty chalk for this category. Because, I, I mean, anything else, like all the strangers at the zone of interest, I think you're kind of stretching to make a case for. And then you're, I don't think, oh, you're there, God, it's me. Margaret is going to break through. Dumb money isn't, Ferrari's got no momentum, origin, no momentum. Like, you're kind of reaching outside of those seven. I agree with Clayton that, uh, you know, all of us strangers in the zone of interest, those seven, those are six and seven if if not nominate nominees, but yeah. like all of us strangers, I said this in my review. Why do I got to do this? Why do I got to throw anyway? But all of us strangers, I guess in the first five minutes of the movie, yeah. Like what do we? I, I don't like the movie has good scenes and it's a meaningful, uh, uh, meaningful film to a lot of people. But I know a lot of people in the in in, in the LGBTQ community that. Have, really don't like the movie either so oh wow okay yeah i yeah it's been polarizing uh i wonder if that's a cross-section in the academy i don't know i do know that these this is the category of with stacked best picture knobs though barbie oppie poor things yeah flower moon american fiction it's going to be hard to go away from those i think american fiction might actually be a little vulnerable here I would agree with that of the five. But again, I think American fiction is vulnerable in every category just because I don't know what the exposure to it is. It shouldn't be vulnerable, though. That's a great script. Not a good script. A great script. But the zone of interest is is surging, we think. 
and all of us strangers could wind up here. I mean, it's got sure. it's got respect, and uh, we'll see. What happened to the BAFTAs for film editing, Michael? Yeah, and we don't have Ace Eddies until Thursday. Thanks for nothing, Ace Eddies. We didn't have that. We didn't have WGA. There were so many. (laughs) The Oscar noms are jumping the guns on so many guilds this year just for nominations. It really infuriated me. The guilds are belligerent, though. Why? What, two days after the Oscar noms, Ace Eddies? Really? Anyway. They listened to us. They wanted to stick it to us after years of us taking pot shots at them. I understand (laughs) it. We said that they were predictive, Ace Eddies. We always No, no, no. We've made our bed. Now we must lie in it. To a fault, we we sided with the with the ace that was Eddie. All right, BAFTA noms for editing: Anatomy of a Fall, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, The Zone of Interest. Michael, who you got? Those are your BAFTA noms there. What did I do for this? So I did Oppenheimer. I did Killers of the Flower Moon. I did the holdovers. I did Anatomy of a Fall. I had Barbie in at the last second. I took it out. I put Poor Things in. Barbie and Poor Things are doing this dance on my card in a couple places where I have one substituted for the other, and I think you have the opposite, and I think this is one of those categories. Yeah, I think uh, Anatomy of a Fall kind of convinced me with that BAFTA nom, which is... Yeah, me too. Which is onerous, I guess. I guess. I mean, But yeah. Anatomy of a Fall is, it seems to be just everywhere throughout the season, so... I'm with it here, and I agree with I agree with the nomination. That movie flies. Uh, Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon. I I respect Killers of the Flower Moon and Thelma's editing so much more. I mean, they are just that's like a tapestry, a collage of cuts. Killers of the Flower it's, Moon. It's, it makes that feel like it's not three and a half hours, but I also watched it like a miniseries. Oppenheimer, obviously, that's the leader of the clubhouse here. Does poor things really need to be there? I mean, it's a nice composition. So I'm I, I look I'm gonna go with Matt Negley as five, uh, Barbie and the holdovers. I think holdovers gets that like Banshees vote, where people are like, yeah, that's just that's good cinema right there. That's, that's good just, filming. That's good editing. That that yeah. felt like a good pace. I loved it, even though maybe you know the ending was bittersweet, but. That's that felt like a good movie to me. That that moved like one. Why am I speaking a southern accent? <laughs> but the, hey, the holdovers at BAFTA went seven for seven. Holdovers has done well every step of the way, and I uh, I think it'll do well. I even have a surprise for it for the Oscars uh, stage. I have a surprise for Barbie too, but we'll get there. We'll move on to cinematography, Michael. What the BAFTAs do? So we have uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, and the Zone of Interest. And it goes... That's a great field. Yeah, it goes to show you, too, that Rodrigo Prieto is both the uh, Barbie and the Killers of the Flower Moon cinematographer. What a flex by him, by the way. Anyway, we have... We both have Oppenheimer and Killers of the Flower Moon. We both have Poor Things. After that... Zone of Interest. Okay, we both have the Zone of Interest. After after that, uh, that, for that fifth spot... We have different films. Who do you got? I did not see El Conde, but it's high on a lot of people's lists, for one. I know you weren't impressed with it. You weren't crazy about it, for at least cinematography, as far as it goes. I was going to pick Napoleon. I shied away from it just because of this category's uh, history with leaning internationally lately. That's why I went El Conde. I think the the Maestro cinematography was so good. Like if, you, if you nominate Maestro, you have to nominate John Wick 4. I tried making that case a couple episodes ago, and I slipped up in my wording. They have the same shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, I just would see the John Wick for bias. 
<laughs> against an action movie like that. I get it. I get why that the uh, you know the the stodgy academy might not do that, even though they're less stodgy than they used to be. But the maestro cinematography, good God, at the church, above above the. Uh, Oh, I just I, I I love the looking out the window with the Snoopy and the oh geez, beautiful. No. No. <laughs> no, it's good. It is. It is. I just didn't. I, again, I just I didn't do a lot of research into it, and I just went internationally because of what the uh, what yeah. this category and this well, branch has done lately. Here's what you went with. You went with the Silver Frog. And the frogs that's also what happened, yeah. At the Camera Image Film Festival, when we see a surprise in the cinematography category, thank you for reminding me because that the, is exactly what here's the problem. My mind. The new boy won the Golden Frog, the Silver Frog. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. Second place, yeah. Bronze Frog. Yeah. Where did I write that one down? Poor things. That's poor things. That's why I included those two. Who was who was the Golden Frog? The new boy, the uh, the can, oh, yeah, uh, Kate yeah. Blanchett Australian film. Well, that's international, so that might that might be it. That might replace El Conde. Is, is even, Courtney Cox holding a viewing party? Is it even eligible for this year's <laughs> Oscars? Though I don't know. <laughs> I didn't I didn't memorize the list of two hundred and forty nine films vying for best picture. We have to ask Courtney Cox if she's yeah. If she's I'd vote for Napoleon. I think uh, I think Zone of Interest probably gets my fifth spot. But all right, Oppenheimer, Killers. Poor things, zone of interest. We both have. I have Maestro for cinematography. Cinematography. You have Pablo Lorraine's El Conde, The Count. VFX is next. Baftanoms, The Creator, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Take Off the Part One. It never happened. Live, die, repeat. <laughs> Whatever. Napoleon. Poor things. VFX. Baftanoms. Poor things is actually leading this category. In terms of the Feinberg forecast, does that make sense to you as someone who's seen it? I like this the VFX there. I don't necessarily get it, especially after you okay. watch. But I'm I'm more of a action movie VFX guy, like Society of the Snow, The Creator, Guardians of the Galaxy, Mission Impossible. To me, those are those are VFX noms. Those are the good stuff kind of VFX noms. Poor Things is good, and I probably need to watch more like behind the scenes stuff about it yeah okay society of the snow is the one i kept out and i feel bad about it i wanted to find a spot for it but i did go poor things because it seems to be the leader in this category right now i went guardians 3 i went mission impossible dead reckoning because that keeps popping up the creator also keeps popping up and refuses to go away. and i went spider-verse just because i want to see spider-verse nominated somewhere else other than uh animated feature the creator figured out how to do it on very cost-effective cameras without green screen they shot everything in the wild. It was incredible what they were able to pull off. And, and they've been, I think they've been getting a ton of love. I mean, obviously huge uh, turnout at the VES, the Visual Effects Society for the creator, a, a, a leader of seven nominations along with Spider-Verse. And somebody predicted, you predicted Spider-Verse. I predicted Spider-Verse, yeah. I would love to see Godzilla minus one too, but I I touch my bets with the animated stuff. There's only three animated films based on Wikipedia: The Nightmare Before Christmas, Kubo and the Two Strings, and The Lion King that have been nominated 
for best visual effects in the Academy history. Mary Poppins is also kind of there, but that's, you know, live action with animation, which you could say has happened like 150 times if right. you take on all the CGI. So Poor Things, Guardians, The Creator, Mission Impossible, we both have those four. You're taking Spider-Verse, and even though I'm rooting for Spider-Verse and I'm rooting for Godzilla Minus One, I'm going with Napoleon because that's too... Academy so neither one of us had Society of the Snow. I want to go there. I just I, ha- I haven't seen it. Has it shown up anywhere yet, other than the shortlist? One VFX. I want to pick it over Guardians now. Three. Here's the problem with Guardians Three: some of the Marvel effects were crap, but some of them were right. great. A lot of a lot of great effects in that movie. It's such an effects movie, but some of it was crap. Some of it was cartoon crap. <laughs> Giant squids. Crap. Animated feature, speaking of Spider-Verse. I love that Spider-Verse and the Boy and the Heron are both in BAFTA. BAFTA's four for some reason, just four. Uh, Elemental, Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget are the other two BAFTA animated feature noms. And this category should have been much easier, Michael. Usually it's a layup. This year it is hard. We both got Spider-Verse. We go, both got Born the Heron. We both got Elemental. We both have one more film. And why do we have Nimona, Michael? Because it was nominated the most at the uh, <laughs> the Annie's. And uh, you don't go against history there. There's never been a single film with the most nominations at the Annie's, leading the, the field with noms at the Annie Awards that did not get nominated on Oscar Sunday. So we both picked Nimona. I went Suzume. I actually feel pretty good about that being the five. Why do you feel good about Suzumi? It got a Globe nom. It got some. It got a Globe Annie's. nom, and it's and it's got a lot of Annie noms, and yep. that's it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's popped up a couple times where we didn't expect it to. Yeah, I. Enjoyed I don't know. The movie. Are, you, are you really going to pick the second Disney movie over that? I enjoyed the movie. I wonder about Netflix getting two in here. I, I do too. Run. Chicken Run didn't do as well as the at the BAFTAs as I thought. I mean, it got well. I mean, it did. I, I, I take that back. Chicken Run got like whatever. It got what it got. Got two BAFTAs. Did it get to both of them? I think it only had two long lists, but I don't care. Chicken Run got animated feature at BAFTA. Chicken Run's a good movie, by the way. <laughs> good watch, I thought on Netflix. I was surprised about that because I gave it so much crap about its title. So did you go with that? <sighs> I have been back and forth on this all day. I wanted to go with Robot Dreams and just copy Clayton Davis. I think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is is one of the best movies of the year. Never mind. One of the best animated movies of the year. It's like they're my top 15 on the year. It was so much fun. So Turtle Power, damn it. I'm a man-child. <laughs> I don't care. It was awesome. It was funny. I'm going with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant May- Mayhem. Good. You've carried the flag for that movie all year long. That's how it should be. Well, yeah, just go down with the ship, right? I mean, yeah. I watched Titanic last month, and I agree <laughs> with what the captain did. Just do the Mike 1 uh, 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 Once Upon a Time in Hollywood thing and just keep picking it regardless just of what the outcome is. Just keep picking it. Just be yeah. a man of principle for <laughs> once in my life. <laughs> international feature BAFTA's best film not in the English language nominations are 20 Days in Mariupol uh, Anatomy of a Fall Past Lives Society of the Snow and The Zone of Interest obviously Anatomy of a Fall and Past Lives are not eligible in the best international feature category at the Oscars 
So look, I think we have a big three. The Zone of Interest, Society of the Snow, and the Taste of Things. Yes. And I would agree with that, just in terms of my own film taste and what I think of these movies. Zone, okay. Society, and Taste are in. I worry that Fallen Leaves is going to get in, and you you and I both have it in. Clayton Davis is number two. It's hard to ignore his list when when he has it that high. I don't yep. see it. I'm sorry, but I'm going to pick it like you are, and then we're both going to go with a documentary with our fifth spot, but we're going with different documentaries. Yeah, I haven't seen Four Daughters, but I have seen the one you picked, but I'm picking Four Daughters just because we've talked about it uh, ad nauseum. Scott has it really high on his list right now. It kind of blends the world of what's a documentary and, and what's like uh, recreation type stuff uh, yeah. based on what you've said. So I'm just going with that, hoping that the story was enough to, to stick with some voters. I've been tempted to go in a multiple different directions for this fifth spot. Totem, Perfect Days, Io Capitan, Oh, excuse me, uh, Promised Land, <laughs> Teacher's Lounge, even, Feinberg's Five, uh, The Mother of All Lies. Clayton is picking that one for his fifth, even though it's not shortlisted in documentary. I think it's a wide open race in international feature for these last few spots, to be honest with you. I wouldn't be surprised to see a fun pick in here. I mean, we just saw Lunana, a yak in the classroom, and the same director has a film uh, this year with, uh, where is it, Mike? Oh, The Monk and the Gun. So I don't know. I think I think this could go any which way. And the, the preseason, you know, the precursors here hasn't really told us much because Anatomy of a Fall has won almost everything. So it's like 20 Days in Mariupol has a strong-ass resume with all the documentary stuff, as well as this BAFTA nom, as well as some international feature nominations along the way. I'm going to go with that. Obviously, it made us both cry at, at Horrifying different times movie. of the year. Horrifying movie. Really intense, so... I could see that doubling up like Honeyland, like Flea, like collect the collective before. I mean, documentaries have been crossing over. We'll see. I picked 20 Days in Mary Pool for the next uh, category, documentary feature. Yeah, we have BAFTA Doc Noms, 20 Days in Mariupol, American Symphony, Beyond Utopia, still a Michael J. Fox movie. And I think we have those big four, Michael, the both yep. of us. And then Wham!, which was very good, by the way. The George Michael uh, documentary. They had to pick there. that. <laughs> they had, they to, had pick to that over there. Yeah. Now, uh, we, so I, I, I have those. American Symphony still beyond Utopia and Twenty Days in Mariupol. Uh, and I just went with the, uh, the five here. I, I picked the. Uh, what is this? Uh, so Clayton's list or this is, this, is Feinberg's. This is yeah, Scott's. Scott's. So I picked Stamp from the beginning, and I picked that because it's availability. Just it's on Netflix right now. I don't know how enough. I don't know if a lot of people have seen it, but it's it's out there and it's got big names attached to it, like Jessica Williams. It's very good. The production values are stupendous. They they must have sunk a lot of money into Stamp from the beginning, and for good reason. Uh, I think, I think I'm torn. I'm torn about resumes with documentary feature, but Bob, Bobby Wine, the People's President, is a movie. I I usually watched the hell out of this documentary shortlist. I did not get to that this film, The People's President, on Hulu yet, but it has so many noms: DGA, Doc NYC, IDA, two Critics Choice noms. It just got the BAFTA for debut, even though it didn't show up in the BAFTA five for documentary. I'm gonna go with that one. I'm rooting for the Eternal Memory or Four Daughters. I like those documentaries quite a lot. Going to Mars was another one I, I enjoyed at Sundance. 
I just I'd never get what I want in this documentary. Going to Mars category. was one I, I had in for a while, but I took it out. But it seems like when we had questions or when we couldn't really decide, you went with the one that was well represented by the different guilds, and I defaulted to uh, the placement on the experts list, hoping that they've talked to people. I uh, I don't blame you. I just I, I think uh, I think we're gonna get this category wrong. Is what I think. We've gotten it wrong every year. <laughs> I'm incensed that we still pick it. Uh, we should we should stop predicting altogether. You want to stop right now? No, <laughs> I am so insecure today. Go, keep going. Supporting actress. What did the Baptists have? Emily Blunt of Oppenheimer, Danielle Brooks of The Color Purple, Claire Foy, All of Us Strangers, Sandra Huller, The Zone of Interest, Rosamund Pike of Saltburn, and Divine Joy Randolph of The Holdovers, who unquestionably is leading the category. Michael. So we have three that I feel comfortable with. Divine Joy Randolph, Danielle Brooks, and Emily Blunt. And then I think it's a free-for-all. You could pick from any of these names and make a case for it. I went I went with American Ferreira first. That was the first name I had down because of the uh, the See Her moment at the Critics' Choice Award we just had. I think that might stick with people. Recency bias, call it whatever you want to call it. But I, I, I can absolutely see her being represented and having a, a, a nomination for Barbie in this category as well. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, then uh, spin the wheel. I mean, Huller, Huller crossed my mind. Uh, Taraji P. Henson, but I didn't have the color purple well represented all, all on the card, so I was hesitant about putting two nominations there. Uh, May, December, I didn't have represented anywhere else, so I kind of dragged my feet on that. I ended up picking Rosamund Pike because I have Saltburn in a couple other places at least. She got the Globe. She'd missed on the SAG. So the SAG five, obviously the big three, Randolph, Brooks, Blunt, they're probably secure, we think, we hope. Uh, Jodie Foster has gotten Choice Globe BAFTA Longlist, but she missed, obviously, the nomination at the BAFTAs. She does have SAG. Penelope Cruz, she got the SAG nom, but really nothing else. Ferreira's got the Choice nom and nothing else. Hulu's got the BAFTA nom and nothing else. And Julianne Moore had Choice and Globe. What the hell Nick are we Adams doing? McAdams has won. McAdams has won in the precursor season, the critic circle season. Five wins for Mc, Rachel McAdams. Yeah, I would mean love girls to see. Girls is a big thing right now. I would she love to see a fun lot. pick. I mean, Claire Foy is overdue. She's been terrific so many years. Yep. So she's only got the BAFTA now. I'm gonna stick with. I'm gonna stick with Jodie Foster from SAG. I'm gonna add Sandra Huller from BAFTA because I've seen the outside lane from an international pick happened before in supporting actress but i don't feel good about it and i like your american ferrera pick i want to go with that i like your rosamund pike pick she was a bright spot for me in saltburn she was so much fun i feel like too as as often as as we talk i cannot speak the english language today as often as we talk about how hard it is to be the lone nomination from your movie in the lead category i feel like it's it's downright impossible i I was going to look this up and i didn't but I feel like having the only nomination from a movie be in the supporting category is something that never happens. It's hard. I could be wrong. It, it, it's happened. I think it's happened, but I can't remember when. Yeah, I, I think, was going to look uh, this up, and I didn't. I think, And obviously I can cite J-Lo, who was supposed to be the front runner and didn't even get nominated. But Penelope Crew, what? J, what? Or J-Lo. Well, J-Lo was for, for uh, what was that movie? Hustlers. Hustlers. She was she was the front runner in the category, and then she ends up not be even being nominated. What did you say, Gigolo? What did you say? I said J Lo. I may have just I can't oh, speak. Today. I thought you said Gigolo. 
I'm just a gigolo. <laughs> We're breaking down. In real, this you, is Mr. a Lee psychotic Rock. break in real time, folks. Penelope Cruz of Ferrari. That would be my worry. I mean, I think it's going to get best sound. We'll talk about Ferrari's other I do, now. too. I do, too. However, uh, I, I mean, and then the Academy loves her. She's already won. Yep. She she showed up uh, in, what was it, the Almodovar movie. But my Par- point, I mean, if for Jodie Foster, too. Like, if you have Foster showing up and not Annette Benning, she's going to be the lone rep from Nyad, right? Parallel Mothers was what I was going to say about Cruz. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, Fa- Foster and Nyad... I don't know. I don't know what to do. I'm hedging. I'm just throwing shit against the wall. What am I doing? Do you want me to? Do you want me to change? You want me to change my pick on air? Because I'll do it. <laughs> I'll do it, Mike. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Pick someone else. I'm gonna go with Penelope Cruz. <laughs> you forced me to do it, and Sandra Huller. I'm gonna Good. keep in here. I'm gonna root so freaking hard for Jodie Foster. And then to get Jodie it now. Foster, <laughs> when I watch episode one of True Detective tonight, is gonna be awesome. And I'm gonna be upset that I changed the pick. And you're not Jody gonna Jodie me... Foster. <laughs> That's the voicemail I'm gonna leave you on Tuesday morning. <laughs> I'm very insecure about these predictions, but I mean, I was I was a toss up between Cruz and and. Uh, and, and foster to me. So, all right, I've changed it in the doc. It is now written. We'll move on to supporting actor where we got some surprises at the BAFTAs. Robert De Niro, Robert Downey Jr., Ryan Gosling, those are not surprises in supporting actor. They've been kind Correct. of there the whole season. We're going to predict all three of them. Jacob Elordi. Shut up, BAFTAs. <laughs> Saltbird, Michael. Jacob Elordi. He's in like three scenes of that movie. I actually just had that fight with a friend of mine recently. She was like, he's all over the movie. I'm like, no, he's in three scenes, and I'm sticking by that. He's uh, he's pretty good in that movie. Come on. I he's, know he's all over the movie. He's, he's, he's hosting SNL on Saturday, too. Is that what, what it's going to take to win you over a good SNL performance? He's good. He's great. He's, he's amazing at what he does. And I hate him. You're a big, you're a big <laughs> fan of Saturday Night Live. Yeah, huge, huge. I'm I'm more excited for Renee Rapp, who's the musical guest. But okay. anyway, Paul Mescal of All of Us Strangers, Dominic Tessa of The Holdovers. I'm so mad at the Baptists for doing that. So why you want you wanted to have the floor? And yeah, you I was to gonna. Be... I don't like the I don't like the Sessa performance, but I think the Holdovers are gonna be uh, have a very strong day on the Oscars nomination day. And I was gonna do as a nice treat for everybody. As a bridge, an olive branch, putting Sessa in my five, and the BAFTAs ruined it for me. Because now they're gonna, I'm just gonna follow them. So I have the big three of uh, Robert Downey Jr., De Niro, and Gosling. Uh, I had Sterling K. Brown, who's I think you can spin the wheel for for that fourth or fifth spot right. uh, amongst a couple other people. And uh, I had Dominic Sessa, who was gonna be my surprise. And the Charles Melton dream of so many is is over. It's floated away on puffy cheeks. Because I was tempted to come back to him here, wondering if he had snub powers. Me. Snub powers in a tight race, because it looks like a tight race. We've seen yeah, variants. I mean, you can't you can't feel comfortable of saying that he's definitely not going to make it. We've seen variants outside of those top three, and we've seen love for May-December, and I'm picking May-December in other spots, so maybe I should go with it here. But obviously, Charles Melton has not showed up at SAG. He's not showed up at BAFTA. That's where the tangible Oscars crossover is in the votership. So if you're a responsible pundit, you look at BAFTA going seven for seven for the holdovers, not a home game for the holdovers. Right. And yet, I I wonder if they just love that movie over there. 
I'm not responsible at all as a pundit because I'm punting on the uh, both poor things supporting guys. So, and they're not going to both miss. They could vote share. I I wonder if it just comes back to them both getting in Ruffalo and right. Defoe. I think right. uh, next best pictures Matt Neglia picked them both. I'm going to go with Sterling K Brown still. I think that performance is awesome. I think it's it's nuanced. I'm going to go with Willem Defoe because he could just stub his toe and get nominated right now. Can yeah, he? They love people him. They people want. But he's he's awesome in that and he's carrying so much comedic power in that movie. I love him in uh Poor Things. So and it's such a weird freaking performance, but on rewatch it was so much better because he's got to play it so hard. He's got to sell it. Willem Dafoe sells that movie. That's the mad scientist there. Oh, my God. Oh. I snubbed Willem Dafoe for Dominic Sessa. I want everyone to realize that. Mark Ruffalo has a backlash. Willem Dafoe is beloved. Dominic Sessa has a one-man backlash, and you are him. <laughs> Why? that look on his face why are you picking him here like just to spite yourself i don't understand to, this to prove i'm I, I have my grudges but i try when it when the push comes to show is that I try what to you're be, doing yeah i try to be reasonable and objective this is objective <laughs> <laughs> i uh as objective I, as i'm able to be i want to pick dominic sessa here i think you might be right i think you might be onto something i'm going to stick with willem dafoe and sterling k brown the sag five along with de niro gosling and robert downey jr but uh we can move on to original song uh original song what did the baptist do to the Baptist? nothing do this? there's no original song category at the baptist so screw them uh we should hate music they hate songs apparently they famously like... have never turned out any good bands <laughs> we um. have what was I made for, <laughs> and I'm just Ken splitting the critic season right at the big precursors. Yep. What was I made for? Won the Globe. I'm just Ken. Won the Critics' Choice. Do we buy those two getting in now from Barbie, or do we think Dua Lipa, Dua Lipa's Dance the Night somehow? I think if Dua Lipa them. shows up, it'll be a shock. Right? There's been no proof that that movie would take over one of the other two. <sighs> right. And even though, yeah, I mean, it's only nominations that I've I've picked here are at Golden Globes and Critics' Choice who went beyond the two-song limit that the mm -hmm. Oscars do have per film. So we're thinking, what was I made for? We're thinking, I'm just Ken. We have the Society of Composers and Lyricists. They have made a lot of noms, so it's hard to say... It's hard to say we got to go with them. We do have the Hollywood Music and Movies Awards, which happens... Or music and me media awards, which happens like early in the season, so I don't know how reliable they are. Otherwise, we just got some critics associations, and who the hell knows what they know, Michael? So we're kind of flying blind here. What was I made? Well, for? we're not I'm flying that getting... blind because uh, Diane Warren breathes. <laughs> the flaming hot fire she inside exists. of Diane. <laughs> we both <Warren>. picked her. <laughs> Comes back again. Can you sing a note of that song? Did you <laughs> no. even listen to it? <laughs> I know nothing about anything having to do, not only with that song, but with that movie, other you than I enjoy Flaming have Hot not Cheetos. Listen to it. And guess what, folks? I have not listened to it either. <laughs> and I'm still picking it. That's the negligence you have with these predictions today from the both of us. Uh, no, I she did is see the, the movie. Meryl Streep. Yeah. I can't I mean, remember that's... a note of it. 
Road to Freedom, Lenny Kravitz. He's been everywhere for Rustin. That's Rustin's other nom, it looks like. It looks like that's got a shot. Yeah, I mean, if Coleman it, Domingo gets in. The Society of... Uh, it's got the Society of Composers and Lyricists at least behind it. So does Diane Warren's The Fire Inside. What's your fifth pick? I went with Keep It Moving. So this uh, is... From the color purple. I was debating going with Olivia Rodrigo's song, but... This is Halle Bailey's song. Yeah. It's a good song. It's one of the first songs of that movie that I really, really liked. And yet, okay. it's not... Like, the big songs in that movie can't be nominated, The Color Purple. Because the big songs in that movie played Broadway and sold tickets on Broadway for 10 years. Right. It's still good. I don't know. I Like, I don't buy the Flora and Sun songs. They're just corny mom mom stuff <laughs> I, can't. I liked them i ate that corn up with butter <laughs> eve hewson is bono's daughter she did a wonderful job john carney musicals are a thing for me i like them i don't believe in the flora and son songs high life uh meet me in the middle they're good songs but i don't believe in them so i'm gonna go with can't catch me now even though i'm a rockhead teenager i make a million mistakes and I should be caught. I will be caught. I deserve to be caught because I'm an idiot teenager <laughs> in the Hunger Games. <sighs> Dumbasses. But right. I'm going to pick that song because it's a good song. It's featured in the movie. She sings What's it. What's your fifth? I have. I that's that is my fifth. The Hunger Games. No, you have you have Billie Eilish. I'm just Ken. Flame and Diane Warren. And then Road the Hunger Freedom. Games. Oh, Road to Freedom. Road to Freedom. Oh, I'm Road picking Road to Freedom. Okay. I, I didn't okay. write it down. Why don't you know that? Not, Just assume that I pick it's it my bad. Not, not memorizing your... Uh... If I didn't write it down. Yeah, how come you didn't memorize <laughs> all my... I'm rooting hard for Spider-Verse. Nobody cares who I'm rooting for now, but I'm rooting hard for Spider-Verse. Couldn't you see like a past lives get in here, quiet eyes? Sharon Von Etten, oh, love her. Sure, if past lives is... I mean, if, if it... Past lives needs to make best picture. Although I'm picking something that's, you know, I, I, I don't think I pick Coleman Domingo for best actor, and I'm still picking the song. So shows you what I actually believe. I love Am I Dreaming Spider-Verse. That's like one of my favorite songs on the year. Next to, next to Dance Tonight, which unfortunately can't be nominated. We're starting the babbling phase of this episode, folks. We're moving to original score where the BAFTA noms are Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, Four Things, Saltburn, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Spider-Verse. They've shown up everywhere, Michael. I yep. think those have the strongest resumes. I think we're picking all three of those films, Oppie, Killers, Spider-Verse. We're also picking my arch nemesis, Jerskin Fendrix <laughs> of Poor Things. Now, can I say something to his credit? Yeah, yeah. I love the song at the end of poor things like that whole gobbledygook nonsense bleep blop <laughs> pluck the string end of uh walk hard with all the silly instruments fucking beatles uh -huh. tuning all their stuff <laughs> kicking the timpani drums in the documentary there on disney plus garbage <laughs> sounds Pots and Pans band Jerskin fucking Fendrix <laughs> is gonna get nominated here. What a talented musician. 
who played all the instruments wrong. I'm picking him. I guess despite Me myself. Me too. I went with Society of the Snow because Michael Giacchino is in there. I can't remember. I watched that movie. I watched American Fiction. I can't remember a note of those two scores. I've seen them recently. There's something wrong with me. Saltburn. <laughs> I can't remember a note. The Boy and the Heron, though. The Boy and the Heron. <laughs> memorable score. Now, does a memorable score need to impress the original? You know, the music branch at the academy? Probably not. They probably, they probably have some recall. Unlike myself. <laughs> so again, throwing darts, throwing darts down a well. Mike, Mike, and Oscar. <laughs> throwing darts down a well. Sound design is next. What did BAFTA do? BAFTA did Ferrari. BAFTA do Maestro. BAFTA did Mission Impossible, Oppenheimer, and the Zone of Interest. All right. So Oppenheimer, Maestro, and the Zone of Interest, noms everywhere. Uh, European Film Society, Sound Editors Guild in, in, in the States here for the Zone of Interest, Maestro everywhere, BAFTA, CAS2 at the Sound Editors Golden Reels, Oppenheimer everywhere, probably winning the category, HGA win, seven wins on the season. Ferrari got both U.S. Guilds, Napoleon, one of the U.S. Guilds, even though he's fourth, Napoleon as a film in the next best picture rankings. And I would think that's the type of sound design that gets nominated in past years, all the war battle scenes. But how does Napoleon miss BAFTA? Like that doesn't make sense. It had like all the home court advantage at BAFTA. It missed. And it's doubly interesting that we have the same five that we're predicting and neither of us have uh, Napoleon going there. Oppie Maestro, Zone of Interest, and Zone of Interest, horrifying score. Uh, excuse me, sound design. Ferrari makes sense. Those race scenes were awesome, worth the price of admission. And Barbie, you got the musical stuff, and you got the uh, you got you got the battle stuff at Barbie. Go figure. You got the comedy. You got the <laughs> yeah. Barbie's fun. I would like to see Mission Impossible show up. I mean, Tom Cruise has got to be thinking like, what do I have to do? They did. Tom somehow. Cruise and Bradley Cooper need to be kept away from each other. They did somehow. Because if they ever start commem- commiserating over their Oscars' lack of success, they're just going to make like the craziest movie ever. You think Bradley Cooper and Tom Cruise will make a movie together? Will they not? Do they have beef? Is that a fantasy of yours? Well, I just I'm have just no. Saying. I just have. No, I've never heard of that connection before. Well, me either, but like, you know, he's like, what does what does Tom Cruise have to do to get stunts recognized? What does Bradley Cooper have to do to get <laughs> to to win an Oh, you award? think they're gonna bond together over That's what there. I'm saying. They and they can meet up at the bar, they're both ordering something double on the rocks. What if Annette Benning and Glenn Close and Samuel <laughs> yes, Jack yeah, Samuel yeah. Jackson and Willem Dafoe all are in the supporting ensemble there, there you of go. a Tom there Cruise you go. Bradley Cooper film? Yeah. Now you're getting it. Then what? <laughs> then what? Exactly. <laughs> Sound design. Barbie is our fifth nom for reasons, but like Barbie and Killers of the Flower Moon both have both guild noms. So I'm I'm trying to I'm weighing resumes, but there's not a lot to go on here. This could be anything. This could be the creator. Could even be a boat. Yeah, I knew you were gonna say that. You watched Family Guy <laughs> in the early aughts. <laughs> 
back before Family Guy was problematic with the kids. Now it's problematic. Is it? I think so. I just know Seth MacFarlane took down Bill Maher recently. That was happy. Did really? really happy? Okay. Yeah. I hear Ted uh, is production funny. design. Uh, yeah, it should be right. I don't know. I On Peacock, the kids call it the cock. I gotta they stop. Good I gotta stop quoting the kids for them. Production design. Done. Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, and the Zone of Interest are your production design. BAFTA noms. We think Barbie is winning this category. It's shown up everywhere. Oppenheimer has shown up everywhere. Guilds, Critics' Choice, BAFTA, Killers of the Flower Moon, everywhere. Right? Uh, both Guilds, Critics' Choice, BAFTA, Poor Things. Also, yeah, everywhere. All four of those. Yeah. We both have those four as well. We only disagreed on the fifth. Uh, I went Saltburn because we've seen historically if you shoot in a castle, the Academy likes that for production design. <laughs> and uh, you went... You, you suck you to went, your guns. You went cynical. Look, I think Asteroid City's production design is stupendous. I mean, it's in the middle of the desert of, of Spain, and they built all those sets, and the sets are funny, and they're unique, and they're gorgeous, and they're so many pretty colors, summer <laughs> colors. Can we just remember that, people? Can we remember that? But set design, critics' choice, set designers, decorators, like all the all – the pro- it's Wes Anderson. Do it, Academy. Do it, and I. But look, I wouldn't. I wouldn't begrudge you for Maestro, for, especially for the set decoration of Maestro. Sure. And then the like the Snoopy, oh the Snoopy. <laughs> Maestro could get in, uh, and uh, and make Feinberg very right there. That's his fifth. But we're both going with uh, the top four, and then Saltburn and Asteroid City. We're idiots. Costume design, we have two texts left and then the uh, two leading categories, leading acting categories. BAFTA noms in costume design. Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things. Any more clarity here with costumes? Uh, Barbie needs to win is the clarity of this category, and it has won the most out of anything coming in. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Poor Things really shown up everywhere. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon everywhere so those three seem to be solid barbie poor things and killers and costumes oppenheimer is uniquely that's oscar's positioned here because it did bafta it did the guild it did not get critics choice i just rewatched it michael i watched killers of the flower moon on a snow day where i saw that practice got canceled so like my late afternoon was free I, I, I turned on Killers of the Flower Moon at like 3 o'clock. And then I had some dinner, and I almost immediately turned on Oppenheimer. It was done by 10-ish. Back-to-back, Killers of the Flower Moon and That's Oppenheimer. That's a hell of a double feature. I enjoyed it. I really did. Oppenheimer was great. I mean, the costumes are kind of the same look the whole time. But it was a snazzy, sharp-looking hat. I'll give him that. Yeah, I don't understand the the... the... <laughs> costume design love for Oppenheimer. It's just suits and dresses, but whatever. It's an Oscars puzzle. It's a show of strength. That's fine. I'll put it in. And uh, the only uh, thing close to a period piece we have here, I guess Maestro, maybe you could argue that, but I put Napoleon over Maestro. I am also picking Napoleon, so we wound up going the same five somehow. Did you change yours from before? Did you have something else? No. Nope. So I copied you? 
by accident or by, on you purpose? Must have. Well, I do have all the ideas. Great minds. All right, makeup and hairstyling. <laughs> we have BAFTA noms in the MUA category here. Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Napoleon, Oppenheimer, Poor Things. All right, that's that's your BAFTA. One, two, three, four, five. It was five. Maestro is perhaps the leader. Three MUA noms, Critics' Choice, and BAFTA. Best resume, Poor Things, also very good resume. Just two MUA noms, so just one short there. Oppenheimer. <laughs> Turkey neck on Emily Blunt looked weird, but all right. <laughs> Got nominated here at the BAFTAs. Those are the top three. Society is no ill. Uh, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, that we just saw it last year, right? All the mud and stuff on. Uh, good God. All I can think of is the end of the world. That's we're clearly both, not even close. We're both going What's the name of that movie? With All, All Quiet, Quiet on, on the Western, Western Front. Front. Good Lord. Similar Netflix vehicle, Society of the Snow, big budget. Yes. We're both going with Society of the Snow. Beyond yeah. Maestro, Poor Things, Oppenheimer, Makeup and Hair. Golda is going to be my fifth. Your <laughs> I love fifth. that you picked Golda. I love the that you I'm not going with Killer, Killers of the Flower Moon for my fifth. Look it. Helen Mirren looked real in that bodysuit. I think they Good. have <laughs> taken the bodysuit technology to another level. If they 3D printed that just like they did Brendan Fraser, I, it looked real. It looked great. Emily Blunt looked like Emily Blunt with powder on her face and a f- and <laughs> fake neck. What if they replaced her in that scene with an actual turkey? <laughs> My turkey! <That's- laughs> it's just Killian Murphy shaking hands. <laughs> and Emily Blunt, instead of glaring at Josh Hartnett, it's just a turkey stare. <laughs> what are we doing? All right. We have, for whatever reason, we saved two very important categories to the end. Christopher Nolan undercuts his masterpiece completely. <laughs> Uh, anyway, yes, we saved the two most important or two of the most important for last. I don't know why we did this. I don't know why either. I was trying to give us a big finish, but now we've completely broken down. We're just it's been seventy plus minutes. We we can't handle that. We're kind of running on fumes. Lead actor, <laughs> lead actor, Bafta noms. All right, Bradley Cooper of Maestro, Coleman yes. Domingo of Rustin, Paul Giamatti of The Holdovers, Barry Keoghan of Saltburn, Killian Murphy of Oppenheimer. And yes, Teo Yu of Past Lives. Those are your six BAFTA noms. And the snub was Jeffrey Wright of American Fiction for sure. Uh, Andrew Scott of All of Us Strangers. If he was going to show up, he would have showed up here, right? At BAFTA? At the home game? Yeah, you would think, certainly. And I think it's it's also why it's explainable that Jeffrey Wright missed as well. So, so American Fiction had a tough day at the BAFTAs. Yeah. So, Killian Murphy and Paul Giamatti are neck and neck right now, it seems. They're turkey in. neck and neck, yeah. Bradley Cooper, tur- talk about a turkey neck, is here <laughs> from Maestro. We have four of the same, and uh, Murphy, Cooper, Giamatti, and Wright. We still think Wright's getting in. He's got the resume. He's got <sighs> SAG. Him and Coleman Domingo... And I guess you could put Leo in there. Like, those might be three for two. Maybe Tao U has done enough to make it four for two, but I don't think so. Barry Keoghan now has Globe and BAFTA. And he scored last year for 
that the band chooses. God, what scene Karen. do they put up when he's nominated? <laughs> <laughs> Just do it. Just do it. No, I think uh, I think I think I'm gonna go with Coleman Domingo and Jeffrey Wright over Leo. I just hated Leo in that movie, even though his performance is great. I just hate it. I just, I, I just, just yeah. You're, I mean, you're probably right to do so. I just can't pick against Leo. I don't blame you. But who do you... Until the Academy proves they can pick against Leo. I'm, I'm saying Coleman Domingo misses. Coleman Domingo misses. Yeah. I've been worried about him all year. Uh, that would be a bummer. And I could see your argument here. I could see it. I could see it happening. I'm going to just belligerently stick to my guns here. Como Domingo stays in. I hope you're right. All right. We'll talk about lead actress. And my God, the BAFTAs. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) Lily Gladstone is not in the BAFTA. Six. Vivian O'Para, really good in Rye Lane. Really good in Rye Lane. We loved her in Rye Lane. Yeah, she was great. She was fantastic in Rye Lane. Rye Lane's a good movie, too. It's a rom-com. But talk about a home game. <laughs> talk about an anti-American game. What the hell happened yeah. here? What happened? Look, Fantasia Barino, I get it. The color purple, Baftanam. Sandra Huller, Anatomy of a Fall. Totally get it. Carrie Mulligan's been showing up everywhere from Maestro and Lead Actress. Margot Robbie continues to show up everywhere. And that's and this is a show of strength, in my opinion. BAFTA had a rough... Uh, Barbie had a rough day at BAFTA, and yet... Margot Robbie's still here at BAFTA. I agree. Emma Stone, poor things, leading the category now. Uh, most of us would say, even though Vegas is still with Lily Gladstone, what will happen to this Vegas line now that Lily Gladstone missed at BAFTA, even though she's leading the season with 29 this wins? Is, this is tra- a travesty. I, I don't understand it. I'm, I'm still going with Lily. So are you. Yeah, We're still going of with Emma, of course. We're still going with Gary Mulligan. Of course, we're still going with Margot Robbie, and we agree on the fifth nom, which makes me worry, Michael. Sandra. Huller. Yeah, apolo- apologies to uh, Greta Lee, but uh, Sandra Uller is our fifth. Greta Lee needed to show up at SAG. She needed to show up somewhere, right? At the BAFTA or SAG. I mean, I love that she was at Globe and Choice. She's that is a travesty favorites. that that Lily Gladstone is left off bat. I mean, this was that seems be... a little belligerent. This was going to be a tough battle. We knew that, right, though? But, yeah, Lily Gladstone. Like, Did they just assume she was in? And We've given elsewhere? them that benefit of the doubt before. And, again, when you have juries doing this, it's weird. I don't know. Did, did, they've expanded the voting. I should have done more of a deep dive on the voting. Or you should have done I'm going to blame you. You should have read it. You're the lawyer. Go go hit pause and read that. <laughs> Get back to <laughs> Sandra Huller is our fifth lead actress nom. We are broken. We are we Shells. are we have no faith. Uh and, and we might as well predict the shorts at some point when we're really vulnerable. But no, we're predicting just 20 out of the 23 categories. Do you think the big name shorts get in? Wes Anderson's Henry Sugar short? Pedro Almodovar's Pedro Pascal short. I think Wes Anderson does because I think that had like a viral moment earlier in the year. Hmm. Um, and it's readily available on Netflix. I Where's the Pedro Pascal one? one? Something Strangers. I should have looked this up. I, I saw is it in the Netflix? movie is theater. Is it on a streamer? 
Not yet. Is it's it gonna on be a streamer? On, it's no. gonna be on Mubi pretty soon. I, I always think if there's a big name attached to a short that it's gonna show up, but that's proven to not be the case recently too. Strange way of life. Almodovar's Heaven is a traffic jam on the four oh five. Ethan Hawke, Pedro Pascal short. Pedro Pascal needs to be in Kieran Culkin buddy comedies ASAP. <laughs> All right, we've gone too long. We have to end. We do. Yeah. So, with uh, with always, just and, and the way we should end is just with just a flutter, just <laughs> just, just like demanding. dropping of the glass, demanding that we end. <laughs> Dear listener, as always, what matters most to us are your thoughts. We do want to hear your predictions for the Oscar nominations as they come out. What is it, Tuesday, Michael? Tuesday. There you go. Uh, January twenty third. I want to hear from you as well as what you think of our nominations. Uh, How wrong will we be? Mike, what are you going to be happy with percentage-wise if you hit? No, I'm competitive. I want to beat other pundits, but I I don't think I'm beating any of them this year. I used to be be like, yeah, I beat them. I beat this guy. I beat that girl. I beat Mike. This year, I, I'm not. I don't know if I'm gonna even stack it up. I don't know if I'm gonna do it. I have no faith in myself. I lost all powers. <laughs> so there you go. There's a happy note for all of us to go out on, uh, guys. As always, you can reach out to us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram at mm and Oscar on Twitter. Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com and on Reddit. We are available wherever you do hear podcasts. And if you're listening to us on either the Apple Podcast or Spotify app, if you appreciate what we do here, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five star review, those help us out immensely. Thank you to everyone who has done so thus far. Uh, Michael, tell the good people what's coming next from us, and let's have some words of wisdom to end on. So we'll do those Oscar nomination reactions. We'll never mention anything said here today again. <laughs> uh, we'll watch some Sundance movies coming up. Uh, we'll watch uh, some movies that we got to finish off on our lists before the Mike, Mike, and Oscars, which we're going to do uh, the end of next week because everybody who matters to us is going to be at Sundance. So we're not going to do that expert uh, <laughs> Oscars fallout, Oscar nom fallout show. But so we'll, we'll put, we'll do the Mike, Mike and Oscars there instead, which is a fun show. Uh, but uh, yeah, words of wisdom is don't listen to our predictions. I hope today we kind of <laughs> outlined the possibilities and we made a fun show out of it. You can laugh at us as well as with us. I think we've made that very clear in our history. And yeah, I don't think I've gotten one thing wrong. May God have mercy on our pathetic, <laughs> mournful souls. The hubris that you just showcased now after all of this. You're, just, you're making it sound like a funeral in the outro. What if I'm... What if, no, I'm not even going to do it. I'm not, I'm not even going to say what if I'm good this year again. I don't. I don't, I don't think so. You go into all major life questions with just no research and backing up from here on out. This is a 19-page doc. This, or excuse me, 18-page doc. We researched. There's research here. We we went at this hard. Yeah. It's just I still I don't you know. I feel is, as good about these as I as I have the ones where I researched for 30 hours beforehand. Well, you didn't do the the rabbit holes. You didn't do the like no, you said. But I always do, and those go terribly. Mm-hmm. So it's, and I don't feel good about them when I do them. Right. I can't, you know what? Maybe I'll never do again. I'll never put the betting odds 
in these oh, docs they you? again. No, it's, they did not sway me, but they psyched me out because I'm thinking they want to make money off us, and there's sucker bets in here. <laughs> They're all the sucker bets. It's not. It's not how it works, though. Yeah, they just want. They put them. out numbers that they want people to bet on. Yeah, no kidding. I think. Uh, I think Joe Pesci <laughs> is behind some door at the Bada Bing. I'm crossing my mafia movie, mafia media metaphors here. And I think they're just saying, F you pay me, F you pay me. Joe Pesci had it right when he was playing blackjack and he kept throwing the card back at the dealer and demanding a new one on that hand. (laughs) That's how blackjack should be. Anyway. Amalgamation amalgamation (laughs) of all these Italian gangsters messing with my head right now. Guys, when reality sucks, you can hold your own funeral with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make award season year-round. Without the stuffiness, we will see you all very soon. See ya. See ya.